Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. My cat's in the room now. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was going to say, what were you going to say, Casey? No, I was just going to say, say if, if you hear any... Don't shake the desk, please! Oh my god. See, Maisha, I told you there were interruption, <laughs> interruptions abound. <laughs> Don't rub your face on the microphone, please. Oh my god, you need to leave. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Uh, okay, sit on my lap. This is exactly how in book two, I think. Yes, this is exactly how in book two the Animorphs got into the basement by pretending to be cats. <laughs> we just want to bring that realism, that Fluffer McKitty realism to every other. I love it. What was Tobias's cat's name? Dude. dude. Or something? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, oh, such a teenage boy name for a cat. I know. It's really good, though. I wish Homer would And back. then Jake's. Yeah, Homer. Oh, Homer. Yes. Well, I didn't say anything. Oh, oh. Did you almost spoil something? <laughs> Not really. Okay. I mean, like, as a casual mention, yes, I almost spoiled something, okay. but, like, not in any meaningful way would I have spoiled anything for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, anyway. Sorry for my cat interrupting. A-okay. So, uh, Visor 1 is completely thrilled with her new host. She's, like, comparing it to living in a sensory depriva- deprivation tank, a.k.a. a, a tiny yerk pool. And then getting into, like, a whole new host body. It's amazing. Uh, Allison was fighting her for control, and it was just exhilarating every moment. So Visitor 1 starts testing Allison in various ways. Uh, But the biggest experiment came when one time she gave her control of the left eye alone. And Allison realized she could move this one part of the body, but tried to hide it from Visitor 1. And then when they were on the highway one time behind a truck with a burned-out taillight... Allison forced that eye closed and Visor 1's depth perception went totally awry and they missed a collision by millimeters. And it startled Visor 1 because she's like, humans always said they would kill themselves before being controlled and enslaved, but now there's like proof that they would actually do it. This is a point where Visor 3 is like, your love for humans was evident here and that's betrayal. (laughs) And Visor 1's like, of course I admire humans. They, like, I'm, I took over this planet to enslave them, and that's why I, I took all this time to assess them, because they're great. I love humans. We're going to take over them all. And then Visor 3 starts this pedantic speech, like, humans are so inferior. We should have taken them over by force, which is what he wants to do. This is the part where he reveals his plan. And he's like, we're just going to, like, burn down the world and, like, shoot them from outer space and just take them by force. And Visor 1's like, there are 5 billion with a B of them. Which, by the way, now there's like 7 billion. That's crazy. I know. We got 2 billion in 20 years. Ah. In 20, oh man. So many. People need to die faster. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> Damn. 
Well, technically, there's a popular portion of us who are having less kids. So yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to help. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Same. <sighs> so, um, Visor One's arguing that, like, with 5 billion of them, they could miss almost 100% of the time with their primitive guns, which, by the way, are perfectly good for killing a hork She mentions a taxon could be killed with a can opener. And she's like, if they miss almost 100% of the time, they will wipe out all of our forces very quickly. We don't have that many things going on for us right now. And then Visor 1's, like, talking about humans and war and does this amazing speech that I actually bookmarked. So I'm going to, like, read this portion of her argument here. So Visor 1 calls Visor 3 an ignorant fool. Humans have fought thousands of wars. Thousands. We as a race have fought a mere handful. They run straight into the bullets, Visor 3, again and again. Did you know that? They attack against insane odds. They defend what can't be defended. Outnumbered, outgunned, surrounded, hopeless. They will still fight, fight, fight till they are each and every one dead. Something you might know if you stop posturing long enough to learn something. Damn! Damn! (laughs) And part of the reason I booksmarked this was because it was almost a line in Hamilton. (laughs) You know? Which one? The outgunned, outmanned. Oh, Oh, yeah. So I was like, holy shit, that's really epic. But because, you know, everyone loves Hamilton. Everybody's like, yay, Hamilton. And this part, Visitor One's like, no, Hamilton. (laughs) I don't want you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it, it was just a really, like, cool speech where she's like, dude, you don't understand your enemy at all. What is wrong with you? Mm hmm. Um, and because her point was so good, Visor 3 is like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and demand an active memory dump to prove for sure that in the two years that you didn't report back to the Yurk Council, you didn't fuck around and you did what you said you did. And Visor 1 is like, no, I'm not going to have Visor 3 poking around inside my head. This is not acceptable. He cannot. No, we're not doing this. And then Garoff, the mouthpiece of the council, steps in and he is like, I will be the one to look through your mind. And Ava's been mocking Visor 1 up until this point, uh, until Visor 1 points out, like, hey, man, this is really funny for you until you realize I know about Marco, and so your son's going to die. And then Ava's like, oh, no, this is bad. Um, And Garrett goes, I will only be looking at the time period in question. All secondary crimes will be ignored. And Visor 1's like, fuck, we have to do this. Whew. So. Yeah. We do a live dump, which is really intense. Um, so Visor 1 gets all hooked into this rig. Garoff is going to look through her head. Visor 1's memories start to flow. The first one uh, starts six weeks after she had taken Allison as a host. They're driving around stuck in L.A. traffic, of course. And <laughs> they're just talking about science. Like, cool science shit. Literally, that's it. Like, string theory. And they're like, the Andalite call it something like, I don't know, round theory or something like that. And they're like, tell me more about string theory. This is amazing. The only, th- that's not important. What they're talking about is unimportant. What is important is Visor 1 admits that she did not have to have these conversations with Allison. She could have just searched her memories and pulled out whatever she knew and not had these back and forth moments. But she really enjoyed their conversations. And both of them shared this desire to learn. So they would share information willingly which was very interesting for yerk um 
And then it cuts to like they didn't see Hildy a ton because he was at work and he really seemed to enjoy his job. And uh, then Gareth appears in her passenger seat and like he's like, what the fuck is going on here? And Visor One's like, I, I'm trying to learn, trying to learn how to invest humans. It's nothing weird. This is all like, research. This is all research. Yeah. This is all cool. This is above board. It's all fine. And then Gareth's like, go ahead, six weeks. And she's like, motherfucker. So it cuts to a playing volleyball <laughs> scene. And she's like, oh, fuck. Um, so they're watching, like, tripping on shit, doing this volleyball shit. Hildy's cheering her on. I don't know volleyball things. They're just doing volleyball <laughs> things. Spike in the hit. The spikes, the, yeah. the bounces, the ones where you put the hands together and do the, like, pop it over the fence. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've yeah. seen the beginning of Daria. This all sounds correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at some point, uh, they did just she starts to trip. She's like, I don't know, there's sand or something. I don't know, but trips falls right onto Hildy, <laughs> and they end up in a weird, cliched moment of staring into each other's eyes lovingly. And Garrett's like, what about this? Is this is this too much? And she's like, nope, still learning. Still doing science. And then he's <laughs> this like, is fine. This is fine. He's like, cut forward six months. They're having lobster and crab dinner and like sensually feeding it to each other while their hands drip with oh butter. And Garrett's like, oh. what about this? What about this moment? She's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then Garoff is like, okay, let's go ahead, like, another, like, few weeks or whatever. And it cuts to Visor One getting the news that Allison is pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl. And finally, Visor One's like, okay, I liked the humans, I guess. <laughs> Fine, you caught me. <laughs> yeah. It only took this much for her to finally admit it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That lobster oh, scene was great. extremely uncomfortable to read. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she admits, like, yeah, I may have been, like, turned by humans a little. Like, kind of like, um, it's fine. And and she's like, Allison was cool. Like, she was just so alive, man. Like, you don't understand. She was so alive. And Gareth is like, you're basically just Jenny in this situation. You're a junkie. And she's like, no, I swear. Whoa. I was like, God dang. Flexed on her. You're addicted to humans. And I was like, well, I mean, he wasn't wrong. So. So was that technically a polyamorous relationship, what they had? Gonna say yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Yurks love each other. The humans love each other. They all love each yeah. other. Cross Like, there's multiple points later in the book where, like, the Yerks totally let the hosts go do their own thing, and they, like, return to it. So, like, they all love each other. Mm-hmm. Aww. So I was like, I wonder if it could have worked out if, you know, circumstances were slightly different. Like, if Visor One didn't blow up their core relationship. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could have had a really cute, like weird life together mm-hmm. would have been awesome i would have read the Baby. same book if from here on out it had just been happy vacation times with the four of them and their children right <laughs> imagine me and you anyway um i can't think of nothing but the chorus of that song now. <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's it's not a really good song for 
a four-person relationship, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that is true. The next, yeah, the I can't see me loving nobody but you. Well, nobody yeah. but you <laughs> okay. could be nobody but you. Oh, you. All three y'all. of you. Y'all. Nobody but y'all. Nobody but y'all. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> nobody but y'all. For all my life. Well, mostly yours. Until you die and I get a new host body. <laughs> When I see you, baby, the sky is such roiling, darkening clouds with thunder for all my life. <laughs> oh, oh, stop. I'm Justin. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we travel ahead to the memory of Allison giving birth. Visor 1 and Allison are together in delivering their children. They're sweaty and gross and everything that happens after you birth a baby. And SM slash Hildy is next to them, holding their hand the whole time. Um, cute. It was cute, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Visitor One has this memory of through Allison's eyes looking down at their kids' faces. And their son was still sleeping. He seems a little bit slower somehow. And the daughter had already opened her eyes and was looking at them. And as Visitor One puts it, forming her first memories of them as mom. And they're like, what the fuck have we just done? And Garoff is watching this as they're falling in love with their kids. And then the four of them, Hildy, Allison, Essam, and Idris, they make this pact that no matter what, they're going to take care of these kids and protect these kids. And that's when Ava chimes in. And for the first time, she's very sympathetic. And she just said, I, I didn't know. You never let me see this. You loved them. And Garoff is sitting there waiting for an explanation. And all Visitor One can get out at this time is that humans are really complex. Like, we're used to the Geds and they're basic and, and you know, they can't resist us. The Taxons, they're just beasts. They don't, we can't even control them. Like, hork they're simple. Like, they don't pose a challenge. But humans, mm -hmm. they're, they're impossible to dismiss as sub-Yerk. And Garoff just says, I've seen everything I need to see here. And then terminated the protocol. And Visor One goes, I am dying now. This is it. This is the end. I'm going to be convicted. Visor Three is going to start this torture and then burn down the earth. And the humans are just going to fight and fight and lose and lose until there's none of them left. They're all going to be eliminated simply because the Yerks can't stand to look like fools. And Visor Three is a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, um... Visor One waited for, for Eva to start gloating, but it never came. She didn't say anything like, haha, you lost or whatever. And then Garoff mm -hmm. says, okay, let's proceed with the trial, which catches Visor One completely off guard. And then Ava goes, there's something else happening here. This guy doesn't want Visor Three to be correct. There's a way mm -hmm. out of this. And then Ava adds, you need my son. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Big reveal. Dun, dun. Like, you knew it, well, I felt like it had to happen. Like, you can't have an entire book with Marco's mom and not at some point have Marco. But even yeah. still, still like... Bring back the kids. Mm -hmm. Bring back At the this kids. point, I was just wondering, like, who her children were, if they were, like, any major players that we had already met. Or if they were just a couple of kids somewhere. Did you think they were going to be? Yeah, I thought they were going to be important or somebody we already knew. And were you disappointed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of how old they would be, and I was like, they're probably still youngish. Yeah. 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 But I had that same yeah. thought, I think, when I first read it. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely had that same thought. Even now reading it, I was like, are they major players? And I just, like, forgot this book entirely. Like, But I didn't. They were merely tools in her journey about being confused as a human. Yeah, there's a lot of tools in this book. Visor 3. Ooh, one of my favorite <laughs> Visor 3 moments is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, call it out when we get there. Okay. So, Visor 3 immediately jumps down Visor 1's throat. He's like, I demand to know where the children are. And Visor 1 just starts, like, stammering. Like, uh, 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 uh. And Ava's like, tell me where the kids are. I need to know. I'll help you, but you need to tell me, and fast. And Visor 1's like, yeah, they're, they're alive, but they... I can't tell the council that they're alive. I have to tell them that they're dead because they can't go after my children. And Ava's like, no, 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 no. Visor 3 probably has your kids. That's what's going on here. It's a trap. Tell the truth. And Visor 1 says to the council, they're alive. I gave them into the care of other humans and I cut contact. And sure enough, Visor 3 like slumps down. He totally has her kids right now. So... They're like, okay, let's continue with this trial. This has gone buck wild. And Visor 1 goes, well, we could, but my host body needs to take a break. And Visor 3 is like, we don't need a break. We need answers. <laughs> but <laughs> this, is, this is the moment he keeps screaming, she doesn't need food, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't need food. She doesn't need food. And I'm just like, you sound fucking insane right now. Seriously, you, one, gave her more or less inedible food. And she only drink water, so she does need food. And two, you look crazy, so you're not helping your <laughs> argument. I know! Yeah. You're just, like, throwing this temper tantrum. Yes. Oh, I I'm think this is dying. the point where he, like, slams his tail blade into a wall because he's so angry. Yeah! yeah. He, he pulls, like, a Kylo Ren and just starts, like, <laughs> laying waste to his surroundings. Oh my god, that's the perfect analogy. That's the perfect comparison. <laughs> I just realized why I like Kylo Ren so much. (laughs) It's not because of Adam Driver. It's a little bit because of Adam Driver, but it's like also Visitor 3, which by the way, could Adam Driver play Visitor 3 in a reboot? No. I forget how they describe Visitor 3's human morph, but... Probably like, not. Imposing businessman kind of a guy, which is not Adam Driver. Yeah. Mm, bummer. Oh god. It's got that, that same energy though. Yeah, he can bring that crazy energy here. Oh, that's amazing. <sighs> I love it. A visor three throws a little bit of a temper tantrum. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. But Garoff brings us back to reality. He's like, hey, we could all use a break. The Hork they gotta go eat food too. We're taking an hour. A full hour. Uh, thank you for that craig reference you're welcome (laughs) visitor one's like fine like or she's like we'll go and do whatever so that she's escorted to the york pool cafeteria where she served a very good meal like an excellent meal right all right they're eating pretty good here they're eating great this is like this is what people pay food services to help them, like, bulk up and lose weight. And they are getting it for free. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be infested. In fact, if you sold that, okay, <laughs> this is how I would run the sharing today. Diet and weight loss program slash bodybuilding. 
Mm-hmm. Think about how many people have already signed up for classes because they're like, you don't need to put in any effort. You just show up and we like encourage you and we love you and we're all together. So that's the sharing premise. We're a family. We love you. We're all together. Also, you can lose weight with little effort on your part because you're enslaved, but they don't yeah. put that last part. No. It's just the first no. part. <laughs> you can get totally in shape and you won't have to lift a single finger because that's you right. cannot. Exactly. You're going to get ripped <laughs> and you don't have to do anything. And you oh won't ever God. again. You won't ever again. All your meals are paid for. It's free. Best part. It's all free. Your meals, free. All it costs is your entire life. That's nothing. And that's fine. That's totally fair. That's right. You still go to work. You still do everything, but you get ripped. Nice. Now that's how we get to the year program to work in 2019. There we go. Oh, Jesus. Why do I say these things? So also their meal includes broccoli, <laughs> which was a really nice shout out to the Megamorphs nice. too in the time of the dinosaurs. Yay. Literally anytime they mention broccoli in these books, I'm like, <laughs> Megamorphs. <laughs> oh. oh my God. It's just a good thing to eat. It has nothing to do with that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, everybody falls silent in this cafeteria as soon as they see Visor One walking in. They're like, we don't want to talk to her. But we don't want to get up because if she goes back to the rank of Visitor 1 and she's cool, she's going to be mad about that. But also, what if she's wrong? We don't want to feel chummy with her. So, like, they're all, like, just sit quietly and robotically eat your meals. It's fine. So (laughs) the whole cafeteria is silent until a cell phone starts ringing. And the woman, like, gets up. She's like, I'm I'm sorry. It's for my job. And Visitor 3 is like, then answer it. So she does. (laughs) And uh, Visitor One's like, oh, there's an opportunity here. So the woman's like, presumably on the phone with her boss. She's like, yeah, I'm on the way. I'm running lakes of traffic and starts to leave. At the same time, Visitor One goes, I'm done and stands up and uses her horrifically broken body to walk towards this woman and then trip and land on top of her. And she grabs the phone with a hand so mangled she wasn't sure she'd be able to grab the phone. And then Visitor One's like, you fucking idiot, because she's like, I'm a Visitor. I have to play the part like. How could you stupid woman walk in front of me and make me trip on you? How dare you? <laughs> um, and then the hork grabs her shoulder and stands her up. And the pain was insanely jolting, but she had the phone in hand. And that was the most important part. I feel like this was supposed to be really sneaky and flawlessly done, sleight of hand. But just the way I read the description, I was like, "There's this is so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> she was just yeah. like falling on her. Yeah. Especially because everybody would have been watching them. Yeah. Yeah. But. eh. Whatevs. Maybe she has secret magician powers or something that just weren't mentioned. She she rolled a a 20. (laughs) Dexterity or sleight of hand. Yeah. Dexterity. Yeah. That's better than what I was going to say, which was that she was a magician, but it didn't say so in the book because a magician can never reveal their secrets. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) So, anyway, she gets the phone. That's the important part. And this is where we cut to the end of the proposal, the book we just read. So, Visitor One calls Marco. It goes to voicemail. And we hear the conversation that we heard Marco's side of in the last book, where Visitor One's like, Marco, pick up the phone. And he does, like, instantly. Like, he must have jumped off that couch. And, right? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's crazy. Also, if you pick up when it's recording a voicemail, does it keep recording? I don't know. 
No? I don't think so. I want to say no. I feel like it cuts off. I don't think so. I want to say no as well. Yeah, from what I remember of actually talking on a landline with people, I didn't <laughs> do that. Oh, God. Um. Anyways, yeah. So, Visitor 1 calls Marco, and uh, he picks up, like, instantly. And Visitor 1's like, do you know who this is? And Marco's like, yeah. And Visitor 1's like, it's your mother. And Marco's like, no, this is a yerk. Because safety. Oh. Teen safety. Marco. <laughs> oh. It's like, I don't talk to strangers. Visitor <laughs> um, 1's then is then like i need you and your friends to help me and this isn't a trap and marco's like of course this isn't a trap because the there's a personal vendetta between you and visitor three and you would not have set up a trap only to get us and to help visitor three you just want to hurt him so obviously you can't call us in without you know helping him so this is a total thing and visitor one's like i'm extremely impressed with this entire thing that marco thought of with minimal information <laughs> oh, <laughs> and uh so then Visitor 1, what she actually says, instead of I'm impressed with all of this shit that you came up with, she's like, I thought you were too soft as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco's like, yep, things change. Where is this? And oh. uh, Visitor 1's like, the yerk pool. And Marco's like, nope, too dangerous. Goodbye. <laughs> and Visitor 1's like, I'm astounded he can write off his own mother that way. And then she's like... There's a food truck delivery for the Taxons later today. It's this very evening. In about an hour and a half, there will be a shipment. And Marco's like, okay, where's the opening nowadays? Because maybe I forgot. And Visitor One's like, tells him where it is. And as this is going, like, where the very end of the conversation where Marco's kind of stringing her along, the whole time, Visitor 3 is pounding on the bathroom door, like, finish now or else I'll drag you out of there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, God. And then Marco talks directly to his mom. And this was another place that I bookmarked, and I swear the last one I bookmarked, because it was such, like, I could not write out the notes for this without just straight reading it. So, yep. sorry, guys, you get to deal with my bad voice acting once again. Um, no. No, do it. Love it. I bookmarked the same point. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We did it. So, uh, Visitor 1 tells him where it is, and then she says, you'll do it. And he didn't answer. Instead, he said, Mom, I know you can hear me. I don't know if I can save you. You understand that, right? I'll do what's right. I'll do what I have to do. It was his only show of emotion. His voice cracked when he said, Mom, I know you will. I love you, Ava said silently, a prisoner inside of her own skull. Marco, your mother loves you, I said. But if I'd been expecting him to soften, I got the opposite result. I know my mother loves me, Vizzer, he said. And let me make one thing clear. There is no deal between us, you and me, Yerk. I'll kill you for what you've done to her and my dad. Count on that. He hung up. The door burst oh. in as I slammed the cell phone into the toilet bowl and flushed. Preposterous. A scrawny teenager threatening me? I was a prisoner of Visitor 3, already all but condemned to a death by torture and starvation. Did the child think he could frighten me? It was laughable. And yet you're not laughing, are you, yerk? Damn. Oh, that part's so good. Oh. That part, it's like, so basically good. encapsulates all that I love about Marco as a character. That, like, mm -hmm. he's, like, completely and totally focused on his goal, on, like, not giving anything to this Yerk at all, showing his hand. But then for this one brief period of moment, he's just like, I love you, Mom. And then immediately he's just like, my mom knows, like, I know that my mom loves me. I don't need you to get into this. Like, I don't need your, your reinforcements or support or whatever else. Anyway, I just... Marco! Sorry. Oh, no. He's so good. He is. I do. I oh. love Marco. I do love Marco as a kid. I mean, I love them all, but I, I do love Marco as a character, and I agree with you. These are the moments that really, 
solidify why he's such an amazing character. Mm-hmm. It's not when he's making terrible jokes about <laughs> twins and stuff. It's this. Yeah. Less, less <laughs> than. More than yeah. these. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, so good. Oh. It is so good. You guys are very articulate, and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> I mean, that's also a lot of what I was doing. There there was a part <laughs> in the very beginning, which you actually, I think, read or touched on, which is like, this one was like, I thought you were a soft, like, blah, 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 you know, weak boy. Like, yeah, well, things change. Like, yeah, you killing quote unquote his mom did you think that would have no effect on him Mm -hmm. yeah like you absolutely totally underestimated him you created your own enemy yeah like whoops yeah on top of that like that whole scene the fact that marco can still break and say i love you mom Mm -hmm. and then in the same breath or the next breath say i'll kill you though yeah. If I have to. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Like, that's yeah. so I love cool. you, but I'll kill you. Uh-huh. Uh, if I gots to do it, I gots to do it. <laughs> Mark it to a T. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, he's awesome. Hate it. <laughs> hate it, love it, and hate it. Yep. He both love and hate to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes it so compelling. I can't mm-hmm. not. Okay, so... After this epic scene, which feels like an ending in and of itself, we have <laughs> a third of a book left to go. Right? <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> so the visitors return to the trial room and wait. And they wait. And they wait. And they wait a little more. And finally, Visitor One's like, I cannot fucking stand this anymore. Then the hologram snaps into view with the Council of Thirteen. <laughs> And Garoff is basically like, what up, Visor One? Keep going. And Visor One's like, oh, f- fuck. Okay. So she's like, well, uh, our Kendrona Ray was weakening. We only had the, the temporary one on the ship. And we realized we had about a year left. And so I contacted the Yurk Council and I called up Visor 92 and said, hey, we have a class five planet here. And uh, that, that was basically it. I'm sitting on five billion potential hosts. Uh, and... The best part of this was that Visor 92, when she said billion, sat up and cut himself on his own hork blades. Was like, what? You mean million, right? And she's like, b-b-b-billion. So later that night, Visor 1 goes home to Essam, who's taking care of their children, specifically changing poopy diapers. Ah, don't mess this I love it. Yeah. And Essam was pissed. He was like... I thought we were going to discuss this together and decide what to do, not for you to just go off on your own and make a huge decision like that. And Visor One was like starting to get a little preachy, like, of course I went off on my own and did this. I love the High Council. Yurks are the best, blah, blah, blah. And Ava goes, hey, don't do that. Go with blunt and honest. They're not used to that, but do it. And Visor One's like, oh, God, I'm such an idiot taking advice of a host. How pathetic is that? And But she takes the advice anyways. And, um... She had already started, like, the sharing in its infancy. But they were in Hollywood. And it is so saturated with cults that they're like, (laughs) we gotta move. (laughs) They're literally like, they have so much shit happening here. Charles Manson happened here. They got Scientology. 
Like the market is too saturated. We need to move elsewhere. Exactly. We've got to get away from this. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, So they left Hollywood to a undisclosed location in the world near an ocean. And it was pretty easy for Allison to find a new job there. But Visitor 1 was like, I think part of the thing that factored into the decision to tell or to call the York Council here was that she was being stretched really thin when she was starting the sharing because she was with Allison, with the kids, doing that whole thing. She also took on another host and was like running back and forth between the two of them trying to set this all up. Um, and that's so she was basically like, listen, it's time for the York Empire to make a move. I've taken on too much. This is just what I got to do. Uh, so then SM dropped the bomb on her at this point, like after everything you just did and like going to the council and fucking with our family and, you know, betraying our hosts, he finds out that she means to kill Allison eventually. And then is just like, that's it. I'm fucking out. I fed. I'll be good for three days and I'm going to go kill myself and die over doing this despicable mission. That was a real cool ending. You may have noticed it seems a little sparse of details. That's right. (laughs) We will come back to that. Visitor 1 relays how the rest of this happened to the council, how she was overtaken, basically, and and how Essam died and left and everything. Basically, she had a Draken beam. She went home, threatened Essam, and he was standing up with the kids. He's like, you won't shoot me. I have the kids. And uh, so then he puts him down. She's like, "Put yeah, put him on the floor. I'll kill you, though. And, uh, put him on the floor? <laughs> just put him on the floor. Whatever. God. Step away. They're kids. They'll bounce. Whatever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, oh boy. So Esam steps away and she's going to shoot him. But at that moment, Allison rises up and takes control for just a second, which is long enough to allow Esam to grab the Draken beam away from her and restrain her. He held Visor 1 captive for days until she was starving and then forced her out of Allison's body. And then Visor 1 was like, as she was like leaving Allison, like, what do you intend for me to do? Just leaving me hostless in this crazy tiny pool? And uh, he eventually felt bad enough that he went and got her second host, who was the sharing dude, who they just kept locked up, I guess, in the basement. Oh, my God. Yeah. They just literally keep this dude locked up most of the time. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, They put him in their strengths so that she could infest him after that she fed. And then Hildy, Essam, and Allison fled with their children. And uh, throughout this entire narrative, Ava's kind of background asking more questions and like con- continually accusing her of having this love for her children. And Visor One doesn't deny it, but also doesn't want to admit it. And uh, and she's also trying to like spin it for the council. So she's not like, I love my children. I do anything for my children. She doesn't want them to like focus on the children aspect of this at all. Visor 3 then starts blustering and accusing her of caring for the children before launching into a rant about how her plan was ridiculous. They weren't spies or sneaks. This was the Yurk Empire. They'd taken the Geds. They've taken the hork They had not become, had they not become allied with the Taxon, they would have taken the Taxons as well. There's no reason not to take humanity. Why are they sneaking around like this? Visor 1 notices his speech has this effect on the Council of Thirteen. A bunch of them are sitting up straighter, they, their chins are jutting out, they're feeling pretty good. And so Visor One goes, you sound like the Helmicrons. <laughs> oh, what a burn. It was such a burn. It was so good. Oh, oh my God. 
Unfortunately, our victory is short-lived here. Because Visor 3 doesn't care that they're laughing at him, which is the first hint that something is terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Visor 3 is just like, well, I know a simple way to solve this. The only reason she proposed a slow filter infiltration was because she feared a war would destroy her children. So you want to prove that that's not why you started the slow filter infiltration? Okay, here, shoot your kid. And he brings out her son and produces a gun with which to shoot him. Wee! Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what yeah, the fuck? <laughs> for, as, for as much as we, like, make fun of Visor 3, because he's ridiculous, mm-hmm. like, sometimes, sometimes he's like, oh, okay, you are kind of formidable, I guess. Yeah. He's evil, for sure. He definitely <sighs> gets results by being as cruel as possible, so there's that. Yep. So, <sighs> so long as he doesn't just, like, bluster too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you can keep him from monologuing, then yeah, yes. it's a lot more intimidating. <sighs> the gun was put into Visor 1's hand, and the child grabbed the muzzle and held it to his chest. That's about the time she realized her kid was a controller. By the way, her kid's name is Darwin, because they thought it was a funny joke, because he came from four parents. What a bunch of nerds. Like, they were a bunch <laughs> of nerds. <laughs> they're like this will be great so um darwin is holding the the gun to his chest and uh that's when visor one realizes okay he's a controller and she kind of takes a moment to think like wow like what the hell did visor three do to convince this yerk to go into this kid's body knowing he was going to be shot and dying like that's pretty risky yeah so she takes a moment to think about that uh, and because Visor 3 has told her to kill the child and she's kind of playing it off like she doesn't care about the children, she looks to Garof, who's watching her, but, like, he's not going to step in. The only way out of this is to shoot the kid. And Eva's pleading with her. She's like, don't, don't do this. You've chosen love over life once before. Do it again. And Visor 3 is playing on her hesitation and, like, starting to pedantically explain, like, in case you've forgotten how to fire a gun, you pull the trigger. And, like, Visor 1 starts playing it up at this point because she has seen something that nobody else has seen. She's like, you know what, Visor 3? You're a fool to think that I won't shoot this child. I only hope that you've put a hollow point bullet into this gun because I would hate to kill the hork behind the child. And, like, going on this really kind of gruesome rampage, but... All of it was a distraction because yes. behind Visor 3, there was a flea growing into an Andalite. And My she boy! had all the attention on her. It's your boy! <laughs> See, that's a good time to monologue. That is yes. a great time to monologue, yeah. Once again, Visor 1, much more competent, even at monologuing. Of course. Yeah. And my boy's back! He's there! He's oh, here. Yeah. He's here to save us all. Yay! Oh, soon she doesn't even have to monologue anymore because the young Andalite finished morphing and takes out the hork And then he goes after Visor 3 and engages in a fight. Uh, and then somebody gives the order, now! And a polar bear barrels into the room, a tiger barrels into the room, two more hork It was an all-out brawl. The only thing that Visor 1 could focus on in this whole thing was her son Darwin. And he starts yelling, die, Andalite filth, but then just gets knocked out by the flat of Axe's tail blade. And Visor 1 breathes a sigh of relief. She's like, he's safe. 
And then a second later, a Horkbajer steps on his back and she's like, well, that'll hurt, but he's still safe. <laughs> Get him out of there, Jesus. <laughs> no, she just leaves him. <laughs> just leaves him on the floor. <laughs> she's like, God. he's fine there. It's all fine. So yeah, he's he's knocked out. It's all fine. She just left him there. It's all good. Uh, and then for good measure, she fires the gun at the polar bear. So that's cool. Rude. She's like, I don't even think he felt it. He didn't flinch. It's probably fine. Finally, the last thing we see is a gorilla knuckle walking into the room. And Visor One is like, ah, my long lost son. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, your boy. <laughs> my, my baby boy. <laughs> And uh, Marco's like, so is this, like, kind of what you want us to do? Is this kind of what you were thinking? And, like, Visor One nods imperceptibly. And then Marco's like, cool, punches out a hork guard, and then punches Visor One straight in the face. Oh. Yikes. I like how he punches the hork without even looking at it. He's just like, boom. Yeah, he's like, this kind of it. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so badass. He is. So Okay, this next part is a little confusing-ish, so bear with me while I try to describe this scene. So Visor One wakes up in a tunnel. It is a taxon tunnel in the Yerk Pool underground. She blots at her nose, and she sees that the blood is just starting to clot, so she hasn't been knocked out that long. Then she realizes the Bandalites are all standing there with Marco as himself. So Visor One notices... Horkbizer frantically running around the pool and then she's like, but they can't see me even though I'm right here. So she's like, oh shit, we're hidden behind a really advanced hologram. And like, starts suspiciously questioning the technology for a while, but the kids are like, don't fuck the technology. We're having a conversation right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Marco's like, would you please exit my mother's body? And Edris was like, no. So Marco's like, okay, Axe. And Axe puts his tail blade to her throat and Visor One is like, there's no way you'll kill your own mother. And Ava's like, yeah, he pretty much will, though. And also, you're in a trap. Like, what are you going to do? Go back in there and tell everybody that the Andalite bandits are here and, like, give away my son? Because if he gets infested, they all know that you're a fucking betrayer, too. So, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And Marco's basically like, seriously, like, get, get out of my mom, basically. If you really want to know if I'm serious... Pull up the memory of what the New Hampshire license plates say, which this was a very weird flex that Marco took right here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, me and my mom used to joke about this, but it seems kind of inevitable. And this is true. I Googled it. New Hampshire license plates say live free or die. Yep. They actually do. Yes. It. Okay. I feel like I knew that, but I think maybe I also knew that because I read this book. So I... <laughs> Don't remember why. I'm sure it has something to do with history. Oh, I have a phone. I can look it up. I don't know that it's that important. I will not live focus on anything hard. else. Yeah. No, it's just live free or die. <laughs> well, that's what the Horkbajers say, right? Free or they die. They say free or free die. Or yeah. Free or, free or, die? or yeah. die. Free or die. I imagine that has something to do with the, the, emanci- or the emancipation of America from Britain rule. I would assume so. War. Yeah. Shit. I thought you were just going to say Emancipation Proclamation. That's a different war. (laughs) That is a different one, but that's what I thought you were going for, and I was like, what? Anyways. Anyway. Free or die. They pull up this weird memory, and they... Marco's like, my mom and I used to joke about it. And then Visitor One's, like, talking to Eva, and she's like, he doesn't mean it. And he was like, yeah, he does. You have to let me talk to him. And then Marco starts the countdown from ten. 
Uh, da, da, he gets down to one, and finally Visor One's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm going, I'm going. And, like, Bye. crawls out of the mom's ear. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of gross. And then uh, she's just held helpless for a while, doesn't really know what's going on. And then against all of her hopes, or with all of her hopes, but against any hope that she had, Visor One is safely returned into Ava's head. Uh, and basically, while Visor One's starting to search through Ava's recent memories, Jake just, like, casually slashes her arm open and acts like nicks her cheek open with his tail blade and Marco's like sorry we had to make it look like you fought and you're injured more than you were when you got here uh, yeah it's fine eventually Visor One is able to pull up the conversation that just happened and uh, Marco just immediately starts like pleading with his mom to come home because he and his dad need her and Ava's like Marco I need you more than life itself but Visor One is pushing for a non-violent invasion and we cannot let Visor 3 seize control because he would destroy the world he'd incinerate everything from orbit and Marco starts saying no there must be a reason why she wants a non-violent invasion and while Visor One dreams of the day she can torture Marco in the future she does see in the memory that's happening that Ava tells him the greatest secret that Visor One has, which is that she has children. So now all of the Bandalites know. Da-da-dun. Good. Um, at this point, Axe inserts himself into the conversation, saying, you must be mistaken. Yerks reproduced by fission. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how Yerks do it. <laughs> uh, so Ava clarifies, human children from a former host that she still loves the children of. Ava then catches them up like he... So today, Visor 1's on trial. If she's found guilty, they're going to go with Visor 3's plan to destroy the Earth. And we don't want that to happen. And that's when Ava calls it the tiger. Says that they may want Visor 3 in charge. He makes stupid mistakes. And Ava's like, surely that's an Andalite. So <laughs> the conversation continues with the hork The morphed hork chiming in. Which we can take a guess that this is rachel and tobias right here i'll let you oh, guess yeah, who just, is who yeah just by their fucking like like what they say yes. you can easily tell who is who and i love <laughs> yeah. it i loved it too but we'll let the audience guess who is who one of them says well maybe we shouldn't let visitor one go because you know what she could do is just come back and like kill ava and take over marco and the secret would still be safe and she would have a more capable host and then the other hork replies kill her now or kill her later it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> bless oh, so good i love it <laughs> The tiger then says, your mom, your choice. And Visor One is like, wait a minute. Oh my God. They're all children. There's one Andalite and the rest are just children. Oh my God. I want to go find Visor Three right now and spit this in his face. This is amazing. (laughs) Marco then has this moment with his mom where like they takes on a very sweet tone and it gets kind of awkward because Marco starts telling his mom that like he loves her and they finally get to hug And he tries to tell her, like, listen, dad, you know, he and Ava's like, it's fine. He needs to move on. It's totally fine. And Marco goes, you know, we have allies, friends. We could get you out of here. We could hide you. Like, are you sure that we can't take you away from this right now? And Ava's like, we all have to fight the war in our own way, which was just heart wrenching. (gasps) It's so much. Ava's so good. 
And Marco is being comforted by the polar bear at this point, which is Cassie. Which is, yeah. Which is just like, She's ah. patting him. Love Interesting him. that she went as a polar bear instead of a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Side note, those are like some of my favorite like weird side moments when it's just like, oh, this wolf nuzzled this tiger. And you're just like, I love that. Love to see it. Me too. <laughs> Uh, it's much better than like ripping the still beating heart out of a fish and declaring morphing is awesome or whatever. Agreed. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> <Great goal. laughs> oh my god. Marco pulls it together, and we end this whole conversation on Marco threatening Visitor One, and he's like, "Here's the deal: if we think for a single second that you have retaken control of the forces on Earth." We will take this conversation, which, by the way, we just recorded all of this. So we know you're a traitor. We know the whole plan, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to shoot it to Visor 3. No, not just Visor 3. Right to the council. We're taking this to the council of 13. And if you don't think that we'll do that, and if you don't think we know how to reach the council, well, you better reassess because we have friends in the Yerk forces. So just get that shit together. Loved it. Basically, at this moment, I was like, this is where they, again, flip the Monopoly board over. Another Animorphs (laughs) moment. (laughs) Yes. And then the memory shows Marco giving Visor 1 back to Ava. Giving Visor 1 the finger. (laughs) As he walked away, two fingers walking backwards. Um, So Ava's body is unconscious. Axe knocked her the fuck out and left her in the tunnel. (laughs) And uh, Visor 1's, like, in this weird state of, like she is still aware but like she can't get the host body to do anything whatever she's basically just like i just hope i'm found by anything but a taxon a taxon would be very bad (laughs) and then visitor one starts going back into her own memories and like you know how did the sharing start and we get this backstory of she used her computer skills to hack bank accounts and steal tons of money and once she had her seed money for the sharing she rented out a hall and hired actors and started basically just promoting herself to people and uh as as this dude that everybody wanted to like named lord david altman who was a handsome real estate agent with an abundance of head hair um and she she eventually got this group of people that came to her meeting it was initially just 35 people and it was all people who wanted to belong and to feel like they had a family and she started saying the real human weakness is that they just want to belong and so she started saying all of this rhetoric to them, and she doesn't even recall the exact words she used, but it was just a bunch of empty promises and words about family and love and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she had fancy flags and booklets with glossy pamphlet pictures and actors paying attention to each individual person. And the whole reason she did this was because she needed to prove that they could get voluntary hosts. So she becomes a cult leader. <laughs> As you do. She studied cult leaders, I I guess as you do. I've never done it. (laughs) But she, like, literally studied cult leaders and just did what cult leaders do. By the second meeting, she had already doubled the amount of attendance. And then she started spewing out this, like, there's an inner circle. So everybody here is good. But if you want to be gooder, you got to be in the inner circle. That's where the the goodest members are. (laughs) She just needs to prove to SM that, like, you know, she can get a host, whatever. Uh, so this is another point where Visor One points out that SM had never actually been in like a weak host body with that vulnerability so exposed and Visor One had already been in like the soldier and in Jenny who had that weakness like really out in the open. 
Um, this is where we find out Visor One lied to the council about what happened with Essam. They worked together on the sharing for a few weeks at this point. Like, they were getting people there en masse. And Essam was like, I don't think humans will be so easily fooled. This is crazy. You're never going to get somebody who wants to be a voluntary host. And then there's this dude that came up to Lore being like, please let me be part of your inner circle. And Lore's like, dismiss it. Like, why would you want to be part of the inner circle? Why is this so important to you? And this dude was like, I just want to belong. I just want to be a part of something special. Please let me into your inner circle. It means so much to me. Um, and so finally, Visor One, Lore, was like, all right, and pulled out a jar with Essam in it. And he was like, see this? And like the guy kind of recoils like, oh, gross. And uh, <laughs> Visor One's like, well, if you want to be part of the inner circle, this has to crawl into your ear and take over your brain. And uh, the guy's like, well, will it, will it, will it hurt? And Lore's like, nope. And so they're like, cool. And so, like, SM okay. gets, like, <laughs> low bar. He's just literally like, all right, I guess. <laughs> um, so SM goes into this guy's head, and, like, the first words out of his mouth are like, all right, you win. There's voluntary hosts now, I guess. So the real oh. point of no return was not this moment. It was a moment weeks later when Edris was like, okay, I have to actually kill Allison. I don't need her anymore. She has to go. And um, I just have to be lore full time to run this whole sharing deal. And Essam's like, wait, what are you doing? Like, you're you're going to kill Allison? And, and Visitor One's like, yeah, and destroy the body. And uh, then, then we'll kill Hildy and we can pick another host and we'll just adopt the children. It'll all work out. Don't even worry about it. Uh. Essam's like, he replied, yes, Subvisor. And Edris, like, missed this whole interaction. Like, she was so caught up in everything. She's like... Not subvisor, it'll soon be just visor, and like, I'm going to be the best, and I'm gonna take over, and blah blah blah. And she missed all of the warning signs that Essam was not on board with this plan. Oof, yeah. And then we get to the point a few weeks later where she pulls the Draken beam on Hildy and the kids, and like, the story continues from there. That was the whole build up was the part that Visor One had left out. Visor One wakes up on a table in the Yerk pool. It resembles a hospital room, it's not, they're still in the Yerk pool. And we cut to them going back to the, the whole trial room with the Visor 1, Visor 3, and the council hologram thing. And Garoff's like, all right, Visor 1, continue your story. And Visor 1's like, wait, wait, you want me to continue? Like, are we not done here? And Garoff's like, well, make no mistake, we're done. We have a verdict. We just want to hear what happened to Allison, Hildy, and the kids. I mean, same. The kids. Yeah, I know, right? What if they had just left it off? How terrible would that have been? Yeah. <laughs> Would have been like the end of the Andalite Chronicles. Anyways, so Visor One continues her story. She's like, well, after the whole Drake and Beam thing, I was left, you know, with Lore as my only host. And as soon as I was free, I went looking for them and the children. And after a few days, their name popped up in a search because the kids got sick. So Hildy, Essam, and Allison had taken them to a doctor. The doctor said, these kids have to go to the hospital. They have a resistant virus. We have to take care of this now. So Visor One heads over to the hospital as soon as as she could, and the first thing she sees is Hildy in the hallway. And Visor One knows that Essam's grasp on this whole situation is very tenuous because Essam has not fed in three days. So he's not doing well. Um, and they meet in this hallway and end up having some sort of a scuffle, uh, but Visor One had a weapon and so was able to overtake Hildy very quickly. And Hildy's like arguing and threatening, but mid-threat, 
his body just was like a marionette where all the strings were cut. He just collapsed to the floor. And Essam started crawling out of his ear. As we know, like when Yerks die in a body, they start crawling out of the ear just instinctively. But Visor One had no patience for this. She grabbed the body coming out of his ear and pulled, snapping parts of the Yerk off that were still attached to Hildy's brain. I know. Yeah. Ugh. So hard. It was so violent. She shoved Essam's body in her pocket and took a second to think, like, so weird that we're so tiny we can fit in a pocket. But parts of Essam's body are still attached to Hildy's brain. So there's neurons still firing through those pieces of yerk that are left. So Hildy kind of went into like a weird, like knocked out state and then came to a completely different person. Like just like screws loose, like trying to attack Lore, trying to kill him with his bare hands and strangle him and screaming about aliens and shit. Like no control over like what he was saying and not saying. Um, Some nurses and doctors found them eventually and broke them apart. And since Hildy was going on about aliens and war, they're like, this dude's insane. And so they just moved him into a mental ward. Allison got wind of this, of course, the whole scuffle, and ran. Visor One knew that she would come back, so she just waited and laid a trap. And sure enough, uh, Allison tried to sneak back in, and she had, like, dressed up as a doctor. She had a wig, colored contacts, but Visor One saw right through it. And Visor One grabbed her and killed her. That's all they say, unceremoniously. Uh, so I sad. have a question. Yeah. When Jake had his yerk and it... it- it came out of his ear to die um it it like dissolved or you know like all evidence of of its body was gone yeah i'm assuming they invented that after the the invasion of earth was more concrete because otherwise i feel like sm in his death would have just like dissolved out of hildy's ear oh. right i mean his body might have dissolved in her pocket yeah i just i just wonder if a part of it was still like it's yeah, like if if the death itself is what causes them to dissolve, or if like somehow in continuing to be attached to the brain, that part of his body was still alive. I don't know. I haven't read Jake's book in a while, so I didn't remember what happened to a year when they died. I mean, besides them crawling out of the ear, like the actual body. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would make sense that like they hadn't thought of it at this point, but at some point they add that genetic anomaly into their body so that there's no evidence left behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting yeah. to think about. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. That's crazy. Yerks. 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 Yeah, so Allison is dead. Uh, uh, eventually, since nobody returned for the children, they are considered abandoned and given up for adoption. Uh, and then Visor One just went on and built up the sharing. And then she wrote, like, as Lore, Lore David aldman wrote all of these platitudes and tomes and prophecies and then she killed him because a dead leader is revered forever and then she took ava as a host and ran the sharing from behind the scenes and here we are they played the part of ava and then faked ava's death what a journey what a crazy journey just went nuts at the end there and just kept killing and killing and killing Mm -hmm. so the council pauses for a while reconvenes in their chambers we assume and they're gone for a really long time in fact they mentioned like they said they had a verdict but we're not so sure they actually did and when they come back there's only 11 of them so they're like (laughs) whoa this is weird (laughs) 
both Visor 3 and Visor 1 are sentenced to death by Kendrona starvation. And they both kind of like hang their heads like, fuck. Yeah. And then both of the sentences are suspended. <laughs> um, they're like, Visor 3, basically we have no one in line to take over the invasion of Earth. But if you don't deliver the Earth to us, we will kill you. Uh, and the only way to make this suspension permanent is by doing what we asked of you. And Visor 3 is like, fantastic. I will destroy the whole Earth. It'll be fantastic. And they're like, no, 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 no. Dude, you can't do that. The Andalite forces have amassed an entire army. They're surrounding their planet. And they're aware that we're invading Earth at this point because they've gotten transmissions from here. They're, they know of this. They also know we're invading a planet called Antari. And they're deciding which one of those to go to. We don't know where they're going right now, but you starting a war will draw them here. And we do not want that shit right now. Unless you have secret ships enough to fight this whole Andalite invasion. If you have that, speak now. And Visor 3 is like, oh, no. No, no. He doesn't have that. And they're like, okay, great. You shut up and go sit in your corner, Visor 3. They're like, Visor 1. You're going to Antari. You're going to fucking go there and you're going to set up that planet to be able to defeat the Andalite forces. We have a much better foothold there. There's a bunch of moons and debris and shit that we can put cannons on. Cannons are less expensive than ships, so that is what we're going to do. And Ava actually screams no and it comes out of Visor 1's mouth. Like she lost control for a second. And Garoff just gives her this look like she had burped in a restaurant or something like that. Like, he was just disgusted. <laughs> that was amazing, How I think. embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing, but also amazing for Ava. I yes. loved that so much. Yeah. Oh. Somebody um, save her, please. Right? Ugh. Well, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Visor 1 tries to take a deep breath and see the opportunity in the situation. But her thoughts stray back to her daughter, Madra, who is named... Madra after the Yerk moon. Um, I think she likes her daughter more than her son. That's what I'm really getting from this. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, Visor 3 has one of my children, but there's still hope for my daughter. And so she's like, can I save her? Can I can I get her out of Earth now and away from Visor 3? And then she goes, no, now is not the time focused on Antari and that whole deal. So then Visor 1 changes her tact and she goes, you almost had me there, Visor 3. And he's like, I did have you. It was the Andalite bandits attack that saved your ass. And she goes, about that, since we're past all this unpleasantness, I should tell you. And Visor 3 is like, tell me what? And Visor 1's like, oh, nothing. Never mind. It's not important. And that's <gasps> how we end this book. Oh, my God. Uh, amazing. Uh, oh, my God. One last dig at Visor 3. Yeah. Oh, stick and carroting him. One last, like, hint that something is not right and you're missing it. Yeah. Oh. It's a big neon sign, Mr. 3. You yeah. keep missing it. <laughs> so are they going to, like, heal Eva's injuries or or what's going on here? Well, yeah, I, I think it, at this point they <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now that they want her to, like, like, lead up a mission. Yeah, because it's like, why would she continue to use that body as a host then? Why not? Just for funsies. And now she's used to it. She still loves humans in a way. Yeah, she does. She finds them disposable, but also she loves them. Yeah. (laughs) There's like a bajillion of them. It's fine. They can do whatever. Yeah. No one cares. I mean, Eva is extremely competent and 
amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clear how she became Visser One. Yeah. Yeah. She's so intelligent. Like, it hurts my heart that the council, like, they've got to know how much more intelligent she is. Yeah. And I don't want her to be in power, but no, she deserves it. Side note, I mean, also Ava herself, as in Marco's mom, is also very intelligent, where she's just like, don't say mm-hmm. these things. Clearly, they're setting you up for a trap. Like, by the way, Visser 1 oh or God. Visser 3 probably has your kids. Like, don't give them any... Like, it's clear to see where Marco gets it from. Yeah, she's so much like Marco. Yeah. Yeah. And they call it out in this book that Marco gets his ability to see from point A to point B from her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... She has that ability, too. I just want them to be together. Me, too. I hate this. It's tragic. How do you guys feel now about Nora and that whole marriage scenario? <sighs> Nora did nothing wrong, but also, no, <laughs> well, Oops. yeah, she didn't train her dog, so that's a well, strike. All right, her, that's fair. Also, she teaches math, and I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess oh, I should say in a relationship to Peter. Is that Marco's dad's name? Yeah, I think so. I just okay. can't remember it. Maurice. <laughs> Maurice. <laughs> Yeah, in her relationship to Peter, she did nothing wrong, but yeah, yeah, teaching in her personal life, she did many things wrong. Wait, no, sorry, her professional life. I don't know why I thought her personal life would be math, and her professional life is marrying Marco's dad. That's (laughs) that's all she is as a person. (laughs) Those are her only shitty dog characteristics. She's a shitty dog. Oh, it, it is very rough, though. And also, I I do not envy Marco being in that position. I was just like, well, I guess my dad should be happy. But also, I know my mom is alive and fighting yeah. every step of the way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, like, I really felt, though, like, his mom did, it, like, it has to be somewhat of a relief to Marco to have your mom say, like, no, 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 I'm basically dead I'm dead to him. There's very little chance I'll even survive this. So it's fine. I'm glad he moved on. I'm glad he found somebody. Like, that has to, like, she knows now, and that has to be a comfort to Marco. That's true. I mean, especially also considering where his dad was at at the beginning of the story. Yeah. a shell of a man. Yeah. (laughs) Saddest dad. Saddest dad. Eating bread and drinking milk, and that was it. (laughs) Except not because Marco dropped the groceries. That's right. Marco dropped the groceries. So he didn't even get those. Oh, no. Uh, Don't bring me back to this dark time. <laughs> um, trying to think. What yeah, else? I, I very much enjoy this book. I love this book. It's, it's so detailed and so, like, like you guys were saying at the very beginning, we learned so much about the Yurk Empire and like how it's built and all the internal workings of it. And even the Yurk pool, we get like some views of it that we we haven't before. Like just things like, oh yeah, there's meat trucks that are delivered there and this is how this happens. And this is like, yeah, it's just a really cool look into that whole side of, mm-hmm. of things. And then like, I think the reason I love this book, though, like, when I think back on it, I don't think about a lot of the minutia of the trial. I think more about, 
when Ava was first, or not when, when Visor 1 was first taken over and like going through all those experiences and falling in love as a human and having children. Mm-hmm. And that's so intense. Like, that's such a great story. Seriously. Ugh. <sighs> Especially, I mean, again, just in contrast to Yerks. Yerks are about bureaucracy and backstabbing and nothing else. Yeah. Well, maybe not yeah. nothing else, but those are their two primary modes of being. One thing I liked about an aspect of the council is that they mentioned that the emperor is one of the 13, but nobody knows who it is. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is that based off of a real life scenario, I wonder. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. That's what they did I was going to say, that's what they did with Queen Amidala and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's immediately what I thought of. She had like six or seven decoys with her. Right. Right. Uh, or, uh, she, or her decoy was the princess and her handmaidens were. Yes. Question mark? Yeah, but they, they question that because they question at one point, they're like, is Garoff the emperor? And he's pretending to be the mouthpiece, but he's actually the one running everything. Yep. Right, we never get like actual confirmation for that. It's just it's just still a mystery, which I also like as insight to Yurks about like they can't also know who the Emperor is because then he probably would be assassinated because again, mm-hmm. Yurks and bureaucracy and body and backstabbing. Yep. And they're like, You have to kill all thirteen of them. But like how how does the Emperor get to be in the position of power and do the other council members know who it is? Um Yes. Pro- the other yes. council members know. Yeah, so the okay. thirteen knows of the 13, they all know who the Emperor is, but nobody else does. Mm-hmm. How they get to that so, position, I assume, involves murder. Lots of it. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think they've ever had a turnover since establishing the York Empire. Like, oh, I don't think they've point. had to deal with, like, getting somebody yeah. new there. But what if point. one of the two that were killed at the end of the book, what if one of those was the Emperor? And now there's a new Emperor! <laughs> were they hmm. killed, though, or did they just leave? Oh, I, I assume they were killed. I assume they were killed. I don't know. I assume know. they were killed as well. But they also could have just been like, I don't want to be here to see what these guys are going to do. I'm so walking I'm out. out. Yeah. Yeah. I refuse to participate this in this farce any longer. Yes. Yeah. I'm showing my displeasure and I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Intense. I didn't even mention that detail. Like, there's so many, like, throwaway things like that where... It's, like, two lines, and you learn all of this shit, like, about the council. But, like, because it's not pertaining to the actual thing we're talking about right now, and I can't just read the book for you line by line, like, we miss it. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there. I think that is why I love, you know, these books so much. You get, like, so much more insight into, like, the Yurks, the Andalites, the Horkbisher, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so easy to just cover, like, the protagonist's point of view. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the other races and the other, you know, major players are fleshed out is just like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And like the one thing we kept talking about in the Horkbizier Chronicles, too, because it's the split perspective between Aldrea, um, Esplin, and Dak, it was like you get, like, you're rooting for the Yerks at one point. And in this <laughs> book, too, I found myself rooting for Visor 1 at some point. Right. And I'm like, I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> Same. Yeah. She's terrible, though. She's like she's she's terrible, but also a very compelling character. So, yes. yeah, yeah. Applegate knows how to manipulate my feels. Yeah, he's done well, it again. Done it and again. Especially like 
I think this is the first book we're coming into it. We have done the full run from a series of ghostwriters. Like she hasn't contributed in the last five books. And mm-hmm. I I don't want to say like I feel like I'm getting complacent because the ghostwriters are not bad. But her style of writing is so amazing that like yeah. you're like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then you get to her book and you're like, holy shit, I fucking love this. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh, yes, now I remember why I love Animorphs. Yeah. yeah. There's oh. um, there's one line in here, and I think it was at the very beginning of the book when Ava is getting ready to go out to the boat, where she mentions, I made a smile. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. in those four words, like, there's no mention that Ava's a controller. We know it at this point, because, like, of just chronologically how time works. But the that those four fucking words mm-hmm. are just like, oh, juicy and delicious. It's so good. Oh. And then in that same scene, how she, like, she went to check in on her son Marco and she saw him there. And, like, seeing Visor 1 thinking, like, he's so soft and he's so weak. And then just Ava, like, just railing against her, like, let me hold him one more time before I Mm -hmm. go. Like, and and then just the no, no, we're out. (sighs) That was so intense. Yeah, and so interesting, because at that point, we don't know that Visor 1 is a mother herself. Yeah. So the fact that she was so cold and just being like, no, absolutely not, was just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And that was such a big reveal, too. Like, these are my children, and I love them. Yeah, not that I just, not that she just had kids, but she had kids and she still felt a very strong connection to them. Yeah. So much so that she would, like... Oh, yeah, change the entire, like, course of a war for them. Right, right, Ugh. and change the entire plan. And we'll continue to keep trying to change the plan to protect them. Yeah. It kind of, so Axe mentioned that when Yurks reproduce, they die. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me wonder, like, how a Yurk would feel, like, if they didn't die and if they did know their offspring. It makes me wonder if they would have any sort of instinct, any sort of maternal, paternal, whatever instinct for their for their children or if they would just be like oh just another number bye you know i mean i guess not hmm. like instinctually i want to say no but we've seen so many examples of yurks that have sympathy and like that turn like yeah the what the yurk who fell in love like that we were just talking about and axes one of his early books like mm-hmm. those two that fell in love right you know this whole scenario i like I think they would eventually become good parents. Or maybe not good parents, but sympathetic parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you have obviously the contrast between Visser 1 and SM for someone who's like way more ambitious and bloodthirsty, but still has this whole like duality of being a mom and also being a mass murderer and sm who like <laughs> <laughs> sm proof from jump was like already a uh empathetic person yeah. or yerk yeah mm-hmm. like the yerks come in a wide range of personalities yeah you can yeah. be a mom and a mass murderer yeah <laughs> do it all you can have it all ladies <laughs> the modern <God>. working woman Woof. <laughs> <laughs> How, like, not to completely, like, change the subject, but how do we all feel about the sharing, instead of just it being implied that it's a cult, now saying, like, no, we we directly are a cult. Yeah. We took from cults. We are that. Hmm. 
I mean, yeah, no, it feels like, <sighs> yes, like, oh, I think I called this, and oh, yes, I was right. Like, yeah. okay, nice to get confirmation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it always felt pretty culty to me, but just the getting into the nuances of how they made it was really, really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know it was her behind the whole thing. Yeah, that I don't think I knew either. Yeah, but, I thought but, it was like a collective of several York minds that came up with it. Same. But, then again, that makes sense how she became Visser One. Like, if you start the sharing, like, I can see why you yeah. rock it up to the, the head of the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked um, that not only did she start the sharing and, like, hatch that whole plan on her own, but when she was thinking about, like, going back to the Council of Thirteen, she's like, I'm not going to do it until, one, I'm sure I have a Class 5 species. Two, I have a way that we're going to take over and control all of them. And three, I wrap it all up in a pretty bow for them. And that's how I'm becoming Visor 1. <laughs> and that's why Visor 3 will never fucking get there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. right? He's like, I'm not, I'm not just going to jump into this. I need a five-step plan with all contingencies laid out. And Visor 3 is yeah. just like, I don't know, just blow them all up. It's fine. <laughs> like i don't know they're probably andalite bandalites in this here box and then like slaps it and he's like it's all yours kiddos like oh god oh yeah he's such a tool he's just such such a tool tool. she gave you earth gift wrapped and you fucked it all up you did yeah oh my god that was the other great thing is how many times they mentioned like you have done nothing with Earth. You were in the same position as when you got here. How are you <laughs> fucking this up so badly? God. Like, it's like when when the most undeserving person at work gets promoted and then they just like <laughs> sit around and they suck at their job. And you're like, why you? Because <sighs> <sighs> they asked for it. They showed initiative. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they were completely unqualified. <laughs> but they had that one brilliant idea in that one presentation like three years yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. They had potential and then never lived up to it. Yep. Yeah. And, and so three again, story. like, I know we've we've already stressed this, but he did research the Andalites so intensely. What the fuck happened? That's a great. That's a great question and a great point. Like, okay, so he is capable, but he got complacent. I don't know. You just no. I figured I'm, it out. Uh, yeah. Or he just maybe he because obviously he was like fascinated with the Andalites like genuinely like oh my god I need to learn more about this race mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and maybe he just didn't care as much about the humans on like a personal level so he was just kind of like eh fuck it we'll figure it out someone else did all the heavy lifting for me mm-hmm. I don't need to continue down this road yeah that's that's a good one he's just like personally not interested in humans he's just yeah. like this is just a yeah. job yeah it's not passionate yeah, about I've his work. Got my host, That's yeah. true, because he was always just obsessed with, like, I want to get in that body. Like, I want yeah. to have that body. And now that he has it, Give he's kind of like, well, I'm good. <laughs> he peaked too soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got what he wanted, and now he's, yeah, like you said, he's complacent. Yeah. I could morph into anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. I'm so sorry. That was Uncle Flapjack. That was 100% <laughs> Flapjack. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I wonder why Cassie turned into a polar bear instead of a wolf. 
I don't know. Maybe they just needed more firepower. Yeah. I mean, I guess. And since Rachel was a pork fisher, and they were like, well, another big bear morph. Cassie. Yeah, that could be. But Cassie could have been a Horkbajor. That's true. She does have that morph, right? They all do. Yeah. Yeah, they all do now. I mean, she could have been, but, like, I think that they they are really liking, at this point in the series, playing with the idea that, like, Rachel and Tobias are a team, and they do this thing, and, you know, Cassie dating. and Jake are doing this thing, and, like, Marco's they're also kind dating. of his own, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting all couple up in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, getting all yeah, Stranger Things much. 3 up in here. Stranger Things 3. I haven't seen the new season. I don't get this joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, this book. This book, though. I'm just going to spew my love for this book for a moment. It's great. And you should. I really, yeah. It is. It's fantastic. Like, I think genuinely my favorite of all the Chronicles and all of the Megamorph series, like, this is my favorite book. It's just the perfect blend of... We find out so much about the Yerks, and we find out so much about the internal workings of the Council. We find out more about Visitor 1, which is interesting. And then wrapped up in all of that, which is great for the Animorph series in and of itself, we get this amazing, like, human story of falling in love and having children and falling out of love and Mm -hmm. in a way that's completely not overtly stated we are seeing like polyamory and we're seeing like more like broken family stuff and we see adoption which is like never brought up as like any sort of negative like there's just a whole bunch of stuff in here that's really awesome to take away from it and then also then we just find out a straight serial killer is in the midst of everybody and she's giving the orders. Yes. Like, Wee! There's so much. There's so much good, compelling shit. And any one of these points would make an amazing book. But this is all in one book. All in one book in 170 pages. With really big font. So. Yeah, like size 14 font. <laughs> Maybe 12. It's just like, so I feel like on the internet, particularly on specific social media websites, um, there's, like, a lot of people that are starting to get really up in arms about, like, problematic, quote-unquote, characters. Like, Mm -hmm. if they do anything even remotely bad, they're bad, and if you like them, you're also bad. And then you just read Animorphs, and you're like, it's not that easy! Look at this! I I just want to hand these books to them and be like, no, you it's multifaceted. You can... God, just Animorphs, look at a book. Yeah, Animorphs is, like, such a good example of, like, yeah, even your favorite character does some morally gray heinous shit. Like, yeah. sometimes not even morally gray, sometimes just plain old bad. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Even even while trying to do good. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they won't do it at first, the the more stress that's put on them and the more shit that they have to go through that breaks them down mentally. And, like, Not that it's justified and you're like, oh, it's okay because they're mentally hurt, but it also deals with, like, how much can you take before the line of what you're willing to do shifts? Casey had a point. (laughs) A point that doesn't need to be brought up. I was just going to say- It does. I was just going to say there was, like, a lot of sex in this book. (laughs) (laughs) And drugs. You know, Uh, you're right. This is the most adult, I guess, of the books. Yeah. I was going to say, it's all off screen, 
Yeah, it's all completely just implied. Yeah. But we do get, like, we get in at the tail end of them giving birth, which is, like, a whole other intense scenario with vaginas exposed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, this would have been the age where we all saw the video in health class. Yeah. Oh. So. Side note, I just saw on the internet, like, literally a couple hours ago, this video of a couple... In the backseat of an Uber, where the woman was giving birth, as the Uber driver was trying to talk her through it, and they're just like, "Oh my god, I'm just all right." Baby wow. was fine. She was fine. The Uber driver was just kind of like, "Oh, just don't make a mess on the seat." But you know, um, just okay. basically being a doula for the woman while as she was driving, giving, uh, while driving, her husband or boyfriend or whomever male partner was there, like helping her through it. But also, most of the coaching was coming from the actual Uber driver. Holy crap. Did they yeah. give him five stars? Yeah. He better than oh five gosh. stars. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That is crazy. Right? Wait, so who was filming this? Oh, <laughs> so we had a dash cam, right? So oh, okay. they blurred out, you know, everything. But yeah. I guess he, he told the couple afterwards, he's like, hey, and I'm like filming all this. Do you want the video? And they were like, yeah, yeah. He was like, you gotta pay me for it. I think he was joking, but maybe. <laughs> that is crazy. They were already oh paying him for the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so anyway, slight, slight tangent, but. No, that's great. Oh, man. No, that's, that's seriously amazing. Wow. Yeah. Oh. That's a story to tell all your friends. Right? You were born in the back of an Uber. You were born in the back of an Uber. We have actual video. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Invite the family over to watch the dash cam of the kid being born. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Oh. Do they normally let you film when you're giving birth? I don't know. I think so. If you want to, you're allowed to. Yeah, I guess if you want to. I feel like I've mm-hmm. seen enough TV and or movies where there's, like, expected parent, like, camera aimed right at the oh. birth canal that I'm like, it probably right. happens, right? Yes. Movie and TV would never lie to me. They would never <laughs> lie to you. <laughs> oh, oh. Man. Gross. <laughs> yeah, anytime I see something on, on like Twitter or Facebook and it's like I don't know, something wholesome and great, and then I see the video and I'm like, I hope this is true. Yeah. Because <laughs> it could very well not be true. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. That's, I have an article saved just like that about a dolphin that adopted a pilot whale baby and raised it as her own. Oh, I want and to believe that's like, true. I think it's true because the reason they were studying it was that it had learned some uh, dolphin whistles and clicks so that it could communicate with them. That's and it's outside of its normal. Adorable, and I love that. Yeah, but was it was it okay? Because there was that lion that adopted the the antelope baby and it oh yeah that didn't pilot okay. whales eat polynesian dolphins so <laughs> i mean yeah more similar like species there but yeah yeah it's more like in the lion king where timon and pumbaa adopted simba <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh i just thought about the cgi lion king now no that's don't it's fine don't worry about that <laughs> just think about simba Billy and his two Eichner dads is a goddamn treasure Billy Eichner is a treasure. Okay, that's true. And also, I haven't seen the live-action Lion King, but to be fair, I've seen none of the live-action Disney movies, so... 
just are you, are you planning to keep it that way i just i don't have any desire to see the live action ones because i have the originals i don't know yeah and it's like 90 percent a match for the originals anyways yeah it really is if they were doing like something no i think new or different then maybe it might be more inclined but it's like it's a shot for shot remake mulan's gonna be different they're gonna stick closer to the original story that's true they're gonna might... fix a lot of the cultural inaccuracies yeah. apparently i might see mulan for that reason i am hella gonna go see mulan because i fucking love mulan <laughs> yes. all versions of her <sighs> yeah she's pretty she's pretty awesome She's pretty awesome. I mean, I think you guys are really getting my type of character. Mulan, <laughs> Mulan Rachel, Sense and a Theme. Yeah. If they like weapons and fighting, I'm pretty much into it. <laughs> <laughs> Feels weird to not rate characters. Do you want to just go ahead and rate them from what we saw? We have I don't time. know. <laughs> I mean, the time. We can do it. Oh do you only God. rate the our main characters there's no like rating for like i don't know i give sm a five but clearly that's probably different right we kind of we've mostly done the main characters if there's like a big enough side character in it like occasionally we've like we've rated eric obviously we rated <laughs> david when we went through the david books right <laughs> yes they're all very nothing. negative <laughs> <laughs> um god i hate like, david so much we could we could do the kids and then we could do Visor One and Visor Three at least Ooh. maybe Ava. Okay. You want to do that? I'm feeling that. All right, Hi. all right. Let's start with the kids just to like get into the swing of things. What's what's up with Jake? What do we feel about Jake? Um, <laughs> it's just hard because like, except for Marco, they all had like one line each. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay, Jake did for a brief second fool Ava into or not Ava or one into thinking that he was an andalite so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. fun that was awesome um just I, yeah he can have a four from me how about that <laughs> i feel like that's cool yeah it's like a 4.5 i don't know i don't you're right they're they were in it for so few I know. yeah they really were well this, marco this definitely... is just our warm-up yeah <laughs> it's like Everybody gets a four for being there and be beautiful children. Marco gets a five because he did some, yes. he had some yeah. extra scenes. Axe gets a I five agree. because I love him personally. I feel like that's fine. <laughs> well, if that's how we're playing it, I give Rachel a five too. <laughs> Actually, that I give Cassie a five because she did try to comfort Marco in Bear Morph. And she took she a did. bullet. She did. She patted him. Yeah. And yeah. she took a bullet like a champ. Yes. She Wait, the... I like how she patted him on the shoulder. A polar bear patted a little boy on the yes. shoulder. And he buckled to the ground. Because <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I loved Rachel's casual indifference of like, kill her now, kill her later, fuck well, it. Whatever. I like that she whatever. and Tobias were in the same morph because they're dating. So we've now talked ourselves into giving almost all of them fives. <laughs> fives across the board. Yeah. <laughs> All right, perfect. So I guess we'll move on to Visor Three. How do we feel about Visor Three? Oh my god. <laughs> Visor Three. My god. Just He's such a dick, but he's so entertaining sometimes. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh let's see. One for planning. Four for <laughs> just entertaining? 
maybe yeah. four point five for being entertained. No, four for entertaining. He doesn't get a. Is five. that a negative one for planning or a plus one for planning? Oh, can you? you know, negatives, huh? Hmm, negative one then. I mean, the bringing in the the guy. Um, okay, that's fair. H- Hildy and the child Hildy. bringing in the yeah. the. Okay, that's that's a good point. Yeah, he did bring in star witnesses. So. Yes. <laughs> but he fucked he was up the that only one that brought witnesses to the trial. <laughs> but he fucked up that stage show real bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, Fisher one's like, we could bring witnesses. No one told me. <laughs> yeah, and here we are, thirty. What are we? Thirty-five books in, plus some Megamorphs and some Chronicles, yeah. and we have officially found out Visor Three has done nothing for the invasion <laughs> in 30 to 40 books <laughs> that's kind of so, amazing it's real bad job he that's like a horrible job <laughs> it's like he killed elfangor and that's about it yeah that was his crowning moment it was and he was like i ate him i ate him in my mouth i was there <laughs> i ate like, him in my face that was me i that's did what that he pointed out to the council like i i ate him <laughs> i don't know if that's a plus or a minus but add that into the score i guess yeah <laughs> what it, what is that I, like averaging to like a 2.5 <laughs> yeah I, th- I think so again i don't yeah. know math it's fine neither do we let's cheat and give him a two since we've been going higher today let's take him down a notch and we'll say that's good math <laughs> yes i like that round down okay. Round down because we keep thinking like twenty years is ten years. We we've been really generous and we really need to stop that. So two. <laughs> yes, two oh, seems perfect. correct. I wish twenty years was ten years. I'd be twenty <laughs> again. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Twenty like was okay. It wasn't great. I, I don't know. We were in art school. Holy shit! Oh, we were in well, art we school were just like ten leaving years ago. Art school, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, we graduated 2011. 20 was fucking amazing. What am I saying? Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought I was out of school already. No, okay, you're right. You're Take gone. 10 years off. Oh my god. Actually, let's see. 10 years for me would be 23. I was in a real weird state at 23. Didn't really know what I was doing. It was no. That sounds oh, familiar. I, <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing, so. <sighs> oh, man. Right, so okay, anyway. so two, two for him. him, anyways, is what we decided. <laughs> God. Uh, what about Visor 1? Holy shit, I don't even know. Man, I I don't know how to rate her because she is highly confident, which makes me want to give her a five, but she's also a mass murderer, which is, like, not something I want to encourage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. She's, like, so compelling and did... I mean, this is the only book we see from her perspective, but mm-hmm. in all of it, she's just like, yep, yep, I can totally see why you became Mr. One. You are highly confident. You think things through. You have plans for your plans. I get it. And she, like, that whole point where she turns makes me so sympathetic to her. Like, yep. Yeah. Like, Eva was us in the book. Eva was just saying what the reader was thinking, like... <laughs> You're, I'm sorry, I, I have sympathy for you. I understand you're a mother. We can relate on this. And then all of a sudden she's like, how the fuck did I ever like you? You're yeah, a dick. Exactly. <laughs> you're just like, uh, like, oh, you know, Allison Kim was like everything that this other host, the other host were not. She was smart. She was intelligent. We really formed like, not really a friendship, but an understanding. It's like, and then I killed her. I'm like, okay, well, shit. 
all right. Thought yeah, you after they agreed to co-parent. Yeah. Everybody betray me. <laughs> I'm fed up with this world. I'm fed up with this world. Man. Sorry. I just <laughs> laughing quietly. <laughs> I'll give her a three. That Sorry, feels <laughs> fair. That feels fair. Uh yeah. You know, I'm gonna give my sliding scale of like five for competence. Um, Ooh, yeah. Two for, I don't know, morality. Maybe a three for morality. Yeah. Mm. I'm kind of like five for being complex and multifaceted and minus two for being a mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs> also, a four for being fooled by Star Trek. Ooh, oh, good point. Yeah. All right, oh. so not that confident. Yeah. No, She's no, still kind of averaging out around like a three, three and a half. Yeah. It was nice that. That she tried to tell Marco that Ava loved him. That's true. She could have just but been like... But it was like, a manipulation. Eh. Oh. Which he was Maybe. like, I don't need you to tell me that. I don't need you to tell me <laughs> I don't need your fucking approval. But Ava, <laughs> but Ava said, tell, tell him I love him. Did she say tell him or did she just say I, I love him? I, thought, I think she said... I love my boy son. <laughs> I, I love my sweet son. Who is now? I'm like, can I find that? I don't know. I have. Yeah, my I'm book. looking too. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, this is where she stole his cell phone. We're here. We can find it. Oh, <laughs> that perfect. cell phone okay. was huge. Oh, Ava just responded to him. She just said, I know you will. I love you. Oh, okay. Ava never mind. said, a okay. silent prisoner. Well, clearly I did a self-insert there. <laughs> just trying to give her an extra point. Listen, fair. <sighs> yeah, fair. We spent a whole book in her perspective. You're kind of like, you know, there's some credit. Yeah. Though she did mm-hmm. kill every host that she was in, with the exception of Ava. She did. And usually in, like, very brutal ways as well. Yeah. And when she ripped her husband Yerk and human husband lover, ripped the Yerk out of his ear, made the boy husband go insane, and murdered the Yerk husband. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So. Is there, like, a non-brutal way to murder somebody, though? In the Animorphs? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were just... I thought we were just spitballing ways to kill people. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> thought it was just a round table of how to murder someone nicely. Oh my god. <sighs> Disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, we are not encouraging you to become murderers. Yeah. I do not condone murder. <laughs> no. If Don't you murder, it. we will take points away from how much we like you. Yes. So. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. As you're about to murder somebody, you just think that through. <laughs> God. Oh, Lord. Extra points taken off if you murder one of us. <laughs> yes, definitely. We do not like that. Yes, definitely. I, I would slide you into the negatives for that. Yeah. You'd go into David territory for oh, that. We would yeah. not want that. That's the lowest you can go. Yeah. God, I hate David so much. He sucks. David's the fucking worst. Should we rate David while we're here just because we fucking hate him so much? <sighs> Negative infinity. Negative infinity yeah. sounds correct. He, I, yeah. I reread a lot of the Animorphs books like later on 
Um, I did not reread the David books because I hate him so much. So, yeah, man, I mean, hatred in him could be renewed, though. (gasps) I mean, it could. But so good. But yeah. Oh, my God. He's the worst. Yeah. No, the books are very good. But also, gosh, I hate him. What is your top five favorite books? Okay. That's probably a really complicated question. That is a very complicated question. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, man. So a lot of my favorite books are the ones that are just like straight up wacky. So like okay, the great. one where they go to not Area 51. The Oh, yes. The, mm-hmm. the horse book. Um, yes, the 14. horse book. Yes, the 14. The first book I ever read. Yeah, that was, um, that's Alex's first. Nah, worst book. That's a good one to start with because it, it, you're just like not three or Megamorphs one. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, what the hell is going on? Um, so that one's good. Ooh, the one where they discover Axe for the first time. Yay! Um, I love that yeah. one. Uh, honestly, Megamorphs one just because of nostalgia reasons, since that was the first one that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a really long time, like, really liking the dinosaurs ones. I, I usually like the Megamorphs one just because, like, everyone is together, so I get to read from everyone's point of view. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, let me think. What are some of the other ones? I want to say there was whatever the first book that Jake and Cassie kissed in, because I was <gasps> a big oh, old yeah, shipper. The, um... That was the one where they're on the uh, planet of the Fran Drescher alien. Yeah. <laughs> 20. The, yes. The 20 something. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, and book. I was trying to think of it. I actually just also Visser. Like, Visser is one of the ones that I read way after I had, like, grown up and didn't read Animorphs anymore. But mm-hmm. honestly, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, this was one of the ones that I read when I did my reread of everything in college for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Wait, it's was been that, a favorite ever since. Was that five? I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty close. Okay. I think so, yeah. It was Jake and Cassie, Howler book, yep. uh, 14. It was Discovering X for the first time, Visor. And Megamorphs. Oh, four? If that's, and Megamorphs. Yeah, uh, Megamorphs. For nostalgia purposes. And then Sweet. honorable mention to, um, wait. Tobias, this is his book. Wait, what number is that? I'm trying to think when he finds out his origins. Oh, Ooh, that's like oh, ugh, early 20s, 20. but that's a good one too. Yeah. Hang on, there's a formula for this. It's like 3, 13, 23? Yeah. So it must be 23. Yeah. 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 Oh, so so also that one. <laughs> oh, man. Are you going to read the rest of the books? <laughs> um... So, here's the thing. I haven't read the rest of the books, but I've read, like, the full summaries of the rest of the books, slash I've okay. heard about them. So, no. But maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, um, That's it, fair. Yeah, it's like, I probably eventually will. Like, I've read the last book, which we won't get into that now. But... <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. I'm filled with dread. Get ready. I'm, yeah, I'm... you should be filled with dread. Oh, uh, I want to. <laughs> but yeah, I have not like read read the last books, but I know what happens in them. They're they're worth 
the read. I would say, like, I if you don't want to go through all the ghostwritten books, because I can only hold so many people hostage and force them to read all of Animorphs. The answer is one. <laughs> I can hold one person hostage. But um, I would recommend reading, like, the final, like, four or five book arc. It's yes. just amazing. The one that, like, Kay actually wrote. Yeah, it's, like, she wrote... Um, out of those, she fully wrote only the last two, but, like, that full ending arc is really amazing. It's mm-hmm. really good. Highly recommend. I I will probably do it, because, I mean, every few years or so, I just come back to being, like, completely obsessed with Animorphs again. Like, someone will just whisper it, and I'll hear it somewhere, like, yes, Animorphs. I'm all in. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you just, like, pop up from yeah. under the table, like, hello? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That is, like, how it goes. It's, like, you're just innocently scrolling around on Instagram, and all of a sudden it's, like, I will not let you take care of my dog son or my other dog son or my slightly (laughs) different dog son. And you're, like, oh, this is a great meme. I should reread Animorphs. It's true. I'm so excited for the graphic novels. Oh, my gosh. Oh, actually, speaking of Animorphs and how everything always comes back to it, I started watching The Expanse with some coworkers, like, on Friday, Oh, and, Matt loves that show. And first of all, it's very, I'm only three episodes in, but it's very good. But literally the first episode happened. I was like, <gasps> that's the guy who played Axe. That's the guy who played Axe in Animorphs. <gasps> He's been what? in other things, but it's the guy who played Axe in the Animorphs TV show is wait, on wait, The wait. Expanse. Oh my God. Wait, what's his name? I'm going to look him up real quick. Shed? Or do you mean the actor? Because I don't remember it, but the character's um. name is Shed. Um, okay, I'm looking this up too. Should I um, the similar story? The one of the reasons I got what into the? comic books and particular particularly to this day, the reason that X Men is my jam mm-hmm. was because Oh yes. Ice Iceman. Mm-hmm. He took me in there. That is, is that him really? Yep. Holy okay, yeah, I see it now. Okay, wow. Wait, which one is it? Huh? Remind me the name again. Remind me the name on Just the expanse. Google shed. S- yeah. S H A D. Shed like a, the like expanse. Oh my god, he looks so. Different. Oh my god, it is. But he looks the same though. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> like. The same. <laughs> I like, because again, I was watching it with coworkers and I just yelled out really loud, that's the guy from Animorphs. And everyone looked at me like, what? <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going to tell Matt because Matt loves the expanse. I'm going to be like, it's got Animorphs in it. Yeah. Now, Which, every time he's watching it, you got to walk through the room going, cinnamon buns. <laughs> cinnamon buns. She wants my body. My body. <laughs> Which again, that guy's been in other things, but. No. My lizard brain. Be axed. Yeah, was just like attacks. One time that I was watching uh, How I Met Your Mother, and uh, I was literally like mid episode watching it, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Rachel!" And it was like <laughs> literally she was one girlfriend that like Ted brought home for Thanksgiving or Holy something. Holy crap! And I lost my fucking mind. I was like, "It's Rachel. She's in How I Met Your Mother." <laughs> I would have to. So. Yeah. Oh my god. So these are normal things to do. Yeah. <laughs> totally, completely normal. Absolutely fine. <laughs> I'm just so excited Axe is doing th- like I don't I have no reason to feel this way about him, but I'm just like really proud that he's still doing actor. <laughs> yes. That's exactly that's exactly what I was feeling too. I was just like, hey. <laughs> I didn't so really 
like the hours tv show that much but i'm really proud of you that uh you're doing things oh i can't wait until we review the tv show on this podcast i'm so excited for you guys (gasps) it's coming up hey about a year from right now and we're recording this which Mm -hmm. is a few weeks before this goes live Mm -hmm. will be the last episode of the main series oh my god it ends august 2020 oh my gosh So that's when the TV show is coming up. Oh. Less than a year. Oh, I'm <laughs> oh this is gonna be so good. That's both so far and also not far at all into the future. Yeah. I know it's. I mean, we launched it 2017, so it's closer to the end now than the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Well, on that terrible disappointment, <laughs> should, we, should we start wrapping up? I guess so. <laughs> Sure. Uh, do you guys have like any last thoughts that you want to get out? This book is real good, and yeah. reminds me why I like animorphs and Kay Applegate's writing so much. Yes. Yeah. Agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Casey, you got anything? Needed more X. That's <laughs> that is fair. <coughs> oh God, I'm joking. <laughs> I can only hope on Cinnamon Bun, our new sponsor, Cinnabun. Oh, my God. You're choking on their Cinnamon Bun. Get at them, Cinnabun. Yeah. Get at us. Come on. We have maybe tens of listeners that would be (laughs) thrilled to buy your product. Oh, man. Yeah. I I mean, I just, I wholeheartedly agree that this is an amazing book. And I, I seriously, anybody who has not read this book and listens to this podcast of which i know there's one of you at least shannon <laughs> read this book it's fucking amazing yeah, like it really truly good. is you can, an amazing book you can read it in four hours especially if you're not taking notes if you're not taking notes you can read it in four hours if you're taking notes it takes 10 to 15 hours. oh my god <laughs> so many notes oh um but no, it's it's worth the read. It's it's truly an amazing book. Even like outside of knowing anything about Animorphs, it's a very compelling book. Uh-huh. So. All right, let's get into the end of this podcast where I say send me emails, damn it, at <laughs> anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or write me on Facebook uh, at our main group, which is Animorphs Anonymous, or our super secret, super awesome group that is the andalite bandalites which is facebook.com slash group slash animorphs anonymous or you can tweet at us i will not respond to you it's <laughs> at animorphs anon <laughs> or you can go on instagram and look at my shitty images that i work very hard on and i appreciate if you would I like them fucking, at animorphs anonymous i fucking love the last one you did with the whale and the wings <laughs> it's so like, ridiculous it's a beautiful beautiful image <laughs> god I, it took me all of, well, that one actually took me more than my normal five minutes because I had to, like, <laughs> put three images together instead of just two. Oh, my God. So, Amazing. Yeah, I did. I did put some extra effort into that one. Perfect. Which is embarrassing to say out loud now that I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm looking at this now. It is beautiful. Isn't it? Thank you. I, I spent ten minutes probably on it. <laughs> Um, if you want to listen to our podcast you can find it wherever podcasts are available for free including Spotify, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher uh, Podcast Republic and anywhere else you can find a podcast iTunes maybe? Question mark? Write us a review 
please. Yeah, I read them. I haven't gotten any new ones since our last call for reviews. That's because iTunes I do is read dead. Them. And iTunes is dying. Yeah. Uh. Casey, tell me about your comic. I have a web comic. It's called Beside You. Uh, you can find that at b s i d e y o u comic dot com. It's romantic. It's cute, and I love it. It's good. You should read it. Oh, Speaking yes. of comics, Maisha, tell us about your comic. Oh yeah, I do have a comic. It is a fantasy comic about three roommates who accidentally inherit uh, some magic weapons that are not meant for them. It's called The Substitutes, and you can read it at thesubstitutescomic.com. Guys, please read this comic. It's one of my favorite comics of all time. It's amazing and oh beautiful, gosh. and freaking go read it right now. Well, thank you. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will go read it right now. I absolutely will. Well, it sounds you. amazing, actually. And I, no, I can't believe I haven't so read it yet. <laughs> so good. Oh. I seriously am going to go read it right now. I wasn't lying. <laughs> it was not sarcasm. Well, thank you. I'm going to be working on it uh, when I'm done with this call. Yay! Oh, oh, shit. We better get off the call then. <laughs> um, I am on Superboy. Uh, the other podcast about Superboy uh, called Cadmus to Crisis. If you like extremely dirty conversations and a lot of nonsensical things. So you can listen to that with our friend Drew that did Megmores with us. So excellent. on that note, let us pretend that we are exiled to the Antari planet and hang up the phone. Okay. Maisha, thank you so much for joining us. It was so yes, much fun. Seriously, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Yay! We are happy to have you. You have no idea. It was so awesome. Let's get out of here. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.